I do think it's really, really important for people to feel like they belong, to be honest, um, to feel like they have a heritage and they're proud of who they came from. Or they maybe even if you don't know who where you come from, that you kind of can figure that out along the way. And especially over in America, there is a lot of people that they don't really know too much. They're going from, again, they might have someone that emigrated during the famine. They could have some Italian family, some anywhere. There's, you know, especially where I am in New York, everyone is so kind of like all con congested in together in this big, you know, they call it a melting pot. I call it like an absolute washing machine. Like it's amazing, but it, me <laughs> it means it's a little bit harder to discover who you are and where your family came from and engaging with a, a new language or a new part of a culture that kind of can connect you to people across the world like there's Irish people everywhere that was Ailish Keneally who's helping the Irish American Baseball Society and one of our missions to make Irish culture more accessible to our members Eilish is teaching Irish language courses for members of the society hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Irish Baseball Podcast I'm your host Rick Becker to become a member of the society and get access to the classes, or if you're already a member and are looking for more details on the classes, visit irishbaseball.org. Eilish Keneally will be my guest on the show today. The Irish language lessons are just one of the reasons to join the Irish American Baseball Society. Membership comes with exclusive merchandise offers, discounts on merchandise, and some levels even have a say on who will be getting into the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame. Like I said, more information at irishbaseball.org. Let's welcome Eilish Keneally to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. So the first thing I want to discuss is the Irish language lessons that you are doing through the Irish American Baseball Society, and you're helping us out, and you're helping us be part of our effort to sort of promote Irish culture, especially here in the United States. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely, absolutely. So I had John um, Fitzgerald reach out to the center not so long ago to see if there was any way that the Ashling Center could work with the Irish American Baseball Society just to see if we can, you know, promote each other's things. And we're, again, very aligned with uh, within the Irish and Irish American organizations so we were happy to work with you guys. We just didn't know how it was going to happen. And it started off, I ended up just talking to John about it. And he thought there might be some interest in Irish language just because everyone pretty much in the groups and in different messages streams, they're all kind of interested in Ireland at least. And if you're interested in Ireland, why not? Take it a step further, do a little bit of Gaelga. Um, I'm actually an Irish teacher in Ireland. I've taught for a couple of years and then moved here and I've been working at the Ashton Centre. So we have an in-person class anyway. And I had been hoping to try some type of virtual or Zoom class that we could offer to people that came into us. And this just kind of came up at a good time. So the preservation of the Irish language, I think, is so incredibly important. I know... I've only been over there once, but I spent a lot of time in the western parts of Ireland where people still do speak it on a regular basis, especially a lot of the older people, but they try to make sure that they continue to teach it in schools and try to keep this thing going. How important do you think it is for Irish Americans to 
be a part of making sure that this language survives, because I think it is something that is really, really important to our culture. Yeah, I agree as well. And it has been, Irish has been a kind of endangered language really for years. And even when I was growing up, a lot of the people that would have learned Irish in school with me have never had a chance to speak it since then. You know, it just depends on your circles or like you said, where geographically in Ireland you live. And I guess as well, being Irish American and wanting to be a part of Ireland, like your ancestors or maybe you're just your parents or whoever is from Ireland and somewhere in the family. And that kind of makes it a little bit more appealing to want to know, okay, well, what do they have going on? What's their culture like? What's their music? What's, you know, food? We won't go there, but the, definitely the <laughs> language. I actually think Irish is such a beautiful language. It's a little bit hard to learn it, especially on your own. So I do think it's important for over in the States, in New York and whatever other parts of the East and West Coast, that there is some place for people to go or Zoom that people can join on to, to help them kind of be a part of Ireland like that is essentially one of the main things that Irish people are proud of when they know it is the Irish language and then they feel embarrassed about when they don't know it so it's a hard one we're trying to revive it in Ireland too um, but I think the last couple of years I've seen a lot more on social media and just across the world there's a lot more people speaking it so we love to see it I'm happy to keep it keep it going on my end as well. <laughs> and I think the history of trying to preserve the Irish language is really interesting because you have a lot of writers, especially who went to islands where it was still spoken as it was hundreds of years ago. And they try to write it down. They try to pick it up phonetically. And then once Ireland finally became a Republic, then that sort of kickstarted this effort to really make sure that kids at least were introduced to it if they wanted to continue learning it through their adult lives. Of course, every street sign in Ireland is written in both English and Irish. But what about that history of trying to make sure that this gets preserved and some of the people who literally dedicated their lives to it? It's actually like it's obviously the language is a credit to them like we probably have so many words and so many things that we can attribute to just people putting in that kind of groundwork and literally dedicating years of their lives to documenting things recording songs recording interviews making making little things like that possible because unfortunately the the history behind the Irish language it wasn't you know we we had to fight to keep it and it's kind of a anti-colonial language is, is in a lot of ways. It's like you're standing up for your own country and a country that's, you know, been through a lot by speaking it. But even that, the a lot of the people from the Gwaeltocht regions, like my dad and his family, they would be from Inishir in the Iron Islands. And they speak Irish daily when they're there. And a lot of them could never spell. They never really knew how to write Irish down properly. So having a good education kind of system across you know between children and adults is huge because otherwise it is going to die out you know we have to kind of keep something going even if it's only a portion of what they can speak in the Gwaeltocht it's still nice to be able to like teach the beginnings of conversational stuff to people it's uh and I think the history aspect appeals to people here they kind of understand why we want to keep it alive a lot more I used to live in Arizona and we were like my house was right next to the border with a reservation for Native Americans. And 
we would take part in a lot of, you know, Native American. They would have their powwows. They would have different cultural events. And right. it was a part of the community. And them preserving their languages was something that was a big part of that. And they would talk about trying to keep their languages alive, how it was illegal at certain points in the United States for them to speak their language, but they have it yep. written down. And I'm at this event as an adult who grew up in a fairly, like we were proud of our Irish heritage, but yes. thinking that's so horrible that this happened and feeling bad. And then realizing a little later as an adult, well, like we have the same fight as Irish people, as Irish Americans to try to preserve our language. And I know there is a great bond between native Americans and the Irish. It went back to the famine and a lot of those things, but you can see other communities dealing with certain struggles. And you might not realize like as Irish people, we have that same struggle. We have to try to, preserve our culture and why do you think it is important beyond just having these words that we do have that connection with our past i that's that's an an absolutely important point that you made even about recognizing things across the world that are struggles and things that other countries other nations other groups are going through and I know Ireland has a great romance with a couple of the like Choctaw and other different um, Native American groups but I do think it's really really important for people to feel like they belong to be honest um to feel like they have a heritage and they're proud of who they came from or they maybe even if you don't know who where you come from that you kind of can figure that out along the way and especially over in America there's a lot of people that they don't really know too much they're going from again they might have someone that emigrated during the famine they could have some Italian family some anywhere there's you know especially where I am in New York everyone is so kind of like all congested in together in this big you know they call it a melting pot I call it like an absolute washing machine like it's amazing but it (laughs) means it's a little bit harder to discover who you are and where you're family came from and engaging with a a new language or a new part of a culture that kind of can connect you to people across the world like there's Irish people everywhere trust me anywhere I've ever been there's been someone there that recognizes your accent or might recognize a shirt that you're wearing so you never know it's just a really wholesome exchange when you have a couple of words Asquelga with someone in a random part of the world I've had little bits of Irish across and like Lanzarote and South Africa and like random countries like that you just never know so it's it's more than just engaging with Ireland it's kind of just making you be a part of a bigger thing that's funny that you say the washing machine instead of the melting pot I had once heard somebody say that instead of the melting pot they wish that we would call ourselves a fruit salad where you still keep the basic substance that you have from your past culture but then you come in and the flavors kind of join together. So you still keep your identity, but you welcome in other people and you sort of come together in that way. So the washing machine is the louder version that keeps you up at two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) But um, that is also 
a big part of American culture. So Yeah, right. And honestly, it's not as poetic of an analogy, but there's still all the different, if you're like me, you throw in all the all the different colors and all the different random pieces of fabric and pillowcases and shoes in at once. So <laughs> And then sometimes the keys come out of the pocket because you didn't realize they were there. No, it's a perfect, exactly. <laughs> perfect analogy. I love it. So let's talk about the Isling Center in Yonkers, New York, and the goal of the center. And we have a lot of our members are in the New York area. So if we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, the Ashing Center has been going up here on McLean Avenue for the past like 25 ish years. And I have only been a part of that journey for the last about year and a half coming up on two years. But it's just pretty much a community center. It serves as both a community center and an Irish community center. So we obviously will welcome absolutely anyone that's just happens to be in the area or wants to travel for an event. Um, but again, we do also have specific kind of niche events that you might be interested in if you're interested in Irish culture. So we have some other events that might be, you know, a little bit more general. But if you just wanted to come in and take part in something that's a little bit more specific, like a Kaylee or listen to some Irish music, have a little session or a sing song. Um, we also have some pop pop up whale talks and little opportunities where people can come and listen to Irish being spoken or try and speak it themselves if they're learning. And then aside from that, we have a social worker who takes people for free counselling when needed, because, again, that's also a huge stigma in Ireland and over here of like, you know, coming in and like addressing mental health issues that might be small, but again, could end up being something else. We have a senior programme as well, which is really well attended at the moment. We have probably about 70 to 80 seniors that come in once a week for senior lunch or senior munch, as I like to call it. It's a great lunch served up by one of the local restaurants. It rotates and we have other events just for seniors and stuff in general. I'm also running a youth club based on the Irish um, Faroiga. I don't know if you've heard of it before, but it's pretty much an Irish model that we've adopted here in New York. So we have a lot of like 10 to 15 year olds in one club and about 15 to 18 year olds then that age range in another group um we have summer camps for children in the summer um from like ages just about four and up once they're toilet trained they're welcome you know and we do try to cater to anyone that comes to our events and is in our community like anyone who comes in and expresses a need for something we will try and address it if they need help with applying for Irish passports if they need help with even U.S. citizenship green cards things like that we don't have um an extensive legal team or anything but we're just people that want to help and we'll try our best to refer people on or make sure that their situation gets sorted and yeah, we're kind of just evolving as the people that come into us evolve as well. We, we keep trying to keep the doors open and yeah, you'll have to come for a look sometime as well because it got all renovated during 2021 right after the pandemic. So <laughs> you'll have to come in for a tour. Absolutely. I want to talk for a second about you mentioned the mental health services. And I think that is a huge thing, especially because when I went to Ireland, I wanted to not just, you know, spend two weeks in Dublin and see the sights and then go home. Like I wanted to make sure I got to see actual Ireland. So I hiked and I went to some small towns like Castletown Bear and Clonakilty and just some of these like really small towns. And 
you get a better sense of what a place is like, I think, when you travel like that instead of just sightseeing. And I did find that while the Irish people were the absolute nicest people I have ever met in my entire <laughs> life, I do find that there is, like, in some areas, like, just a mood of sadness and, like, some scars from all of the things that happened over the past few hundred years that right. have not at all been healed, healed yet. And <laughs> there is definitely a mental health. I don't want to say there's a mental health crisis because I don't know it well enough to say that, but it definitely feels like there needs to be more of an effort to just have people who know how to talk through these things and get over some of this stuff because there is a lot of trauma that happened on that island. Oh, there there honestly is. You're so spot on with that. And I do think that's something you probably wouldn't notice if you did just travel to Dublin and then do a quick detour to the Cliffs of Moher and then back to Dublin again, which unfortunately is all some people get time for. Um, but again, I'm sure on your travels you would have had encountered the same. There's just a lot of people that have they have a lot to say. They just are not very good at saying it sometimes. And that's just partially because Irish people are also really judgmental and will roast you so quick. <laughs> you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll call you out on everything. But it does tend to be a case of people expressing their problems through like humor or in, in other forms because they don't really know how to express it sometimes. Otherwise, I'm guilty of it myself. But I do think the younger generation has taken on a little bit better of a mindset with regards sharing and talking about things. And hopefully we can pass that on to the the older members of our own families and get them get them opening up a small bit. Even just the smallest things of just expressing like when something's bothering you or, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, the be all and end all. But I do think there's been a little bit of a shift. So hopefully we go in that direction. And I mean it's the same here. It's just a little bit less apparent sometimes because people, anyway, from my New York experience, everyone's just probably too busy to talk about things. But <laughs> it can be very isolating to live in the US as well, I'm sure. Like, again, it's not rural Ireland, but there's plenty of people that would love to have a place to go or someone to reach out to that doesn't cost an arm, a leg and six medical bills to your house, you know. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to provide here and trying to get people in as often as they can in person because to be honest once you're not isolated and once you're not lonely that's kind of half of the battles to solved already that is incredible thank you so much for all you do there i would like to talk a little bit now about your background because i think you touched on it just a little bit that you do come from ireland and obviously the accent is still very strong and that's amazing. So why don't you talk a little bit about your background and what led you to Yonkers, New York? Absolutely hate talking about myself, but we'll get there. Um, so I actually was born in New York. So that's kind of uh, the curveball that most people are not expecting from me. But my parents emigrated out here in like the 80s and they met in New York City. And I was born in Queens in like, what, 97 or something and moved back to Ireland when I was about one and a half and grew up then in kind of South Kilkenny Waterford direction. Uh, Mooncoin is the, the little parish if anyone's <laughs> familiar, but it's one of those um, places that I was able to travel between. So I grew up in Kilkenny, but I also spent a lot of time in the Iron Islands. So I was lucky I had like two homes almost. And I, yeah, I loved it. I ended up studying uh, music, Irish and English in UCC 
and went on to do a master's in education for secondary school teaching. So I guess middle and high school here probably. Um, and I knew I wanted to travel. I just didn't know where or how or when it was going to come about. I spent a little bit of time in South Africa and then I decided I wanted to come to the US. And I have a godparent uh, in Long Island. I have another godparent in Pearl River. So New York made a lot of sense for me as well. My parents have some family friends. And I ended up really just kind of landing on my feet. I just sent a couple of emails, didn't even officially know how to apply for jobs here, but we made it happen. And also turns out that I had a friend of a friend with some accommodation. So I've been here and it's settled in Woodlawn for the last year and a half. And yeah, it's nice. I've been over and back a couple of times and it can be hard. Like it's a little bit hard to just live in kind of alone away from your own family, but Again, Woodlawn is a very friendly neighborhood and New York has a lot going on, a lot happening here. So I honestly do um, love it. I wouldn't change a thing. We'll hear more from Eilish Keneally in a future episode of the show. I'm your host, Rick Becker, and this has been episode 81 of the Irish Baseball Podcast.